Craft Beer Radio, episode 388 on July 14th, 2016. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio on another wonderful Thursday night edition. Rare Thursday night show, because I'm going away on vacation. Get these shows in. Absolutely. So what do we have in front of us, Jeff? Uh, You know, beers. As you might expect. A variety of beers. A lot of them are, uh, I guess I was going to say local, but not really all that local. Two are from Pennsylvania, that's about it. It just seems like a good mix of nice variety yes, of so beers to drink on a Thursday evening. Indeed. So where, where do you should want to we start? start? I think maybe the Alesmith. Yeah, that's a good place to start. All right, so this is Alesmith's Nut Brown. I we may have done this in the show before. Yeah, we might have. Five percent alcohol by volume, seventeen IBU. Uh, does it improve with age? They say no. Okay. Um. Anything else in the information? If you're interested in the original gravity, it's 1.054. If you are in any way interested in that, which <laughs> I'm not, so tend to leave it out. So, okay, uh, dark brown, dark, darker than cola. It's uh, not really... It, I can't tell... It has yeah. some red highlights to it. It does have some red. I was going to say I can't tell whether I could see through it. Yeah, it does look a little murky. Mm-hmm. There's a, a overall haze to it, it looks like. The aroma is, uh, get a big caramelly malt, but also the hops are pretty prominent. The hops are kind of a, a, an earthy, grassy, you know, like, uh, European, English style um, hop, but it's kind of at an American hopping level. You know, it smells... Much hoppier than you'd expect for a traditional brown ale. And even probably more so than like a Brooklyn or something like that. This guy's a little old. It's uh, six months old. So it should be okay. Yeah, it's probably right at the end of its expected shelf life. Mm -hmm. Has a nice body to it. Cocoa and caramel come through. There's a good bitterness that kind of fills out the end. It doesn't really taste so hoppy, but it does have a fair amount of bitterness to kind of balance it out towards I the back end. Yeah, it's um, you call it English style ale. I I guess I would tend to agree. To it. it doesn't as much full body as you might expect from an English style. Uh, and it's not giving you much more than simply sort of toffee and uh, a little bit of um, graham cracker. Um, I, I like the I like the malt on this. I think that's right. I'm getting some English muffin in there as well. Oh, okay. And so I think as it warms and as we drink it, I think that's the part that's going to open up on this beer. And I think it's doing a pretty good job. That's true. We didn't do a pre-show today, so we didn't uh, get these things totally you know, as warm as yeah, they would normally point. be. So we'll give them a little bit of time to warm up in our hands. We didn't do a pre-show because Jeff was watching, and I encouraged him to watch Mr. Robot. Yeah, I didn't get to watch it last night, and Greg said, oh, I'm going to be a while before I come up. So I'm like, okay, watch Mr. Robot. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah, so... Now that the beer is warmer, the aroma, I'm getting a little bit more kind of woody or chicory off the aroma. Searching for it. Searching for that chicory. Okay, I can see some, yeah, some woodiness. Mm-hmm. Is in there. I suppose I should say I should smell some woodiness because I can't really <laughs> see it unless I have some things. <laughs> There's sawdust floating in the beer. <laughs> I enjoy mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I um, give it a little chance to warm up. 
then uh, some of its uh, other the fruitier stuff comes out. So I'm not saying fruity like I'm not really detecting much in the way of like I'm not going oh there's apple and there's pear blah 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 but the 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 more estery flavors. Uh, need to warm up a bit for them to 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 come out because yeah it, it felt really closed off at first. I guess I wrote the description on the back here. It's like biscuit, mild cocoa, earthy hops. Mm-hmm. Like hey, sounds familiar. <laughs> Drink enough beers and and you'll you'll get decent <laughs> at describing them. I think that's the lesson. Yeah, this is one of those beers where, you know, I'm not going to go on and on talking about it, but it's a it's a thorough drinking mm-hmm. experience, and I'm enjoying it. And yeah, I could definitely see... I don't have enough good brown ales in my life. Yeah. And I think this... That's a good point. I mean, this is like, it. you know, it's not quite a stout. You're not going that, that heavy, uh, but it does have enough substantiality to it that you feel... Um, and while, it, while it's probably overhopped to be traditional English... You know, with my palate these days, it works for me. I think it fits in pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, it's a decent, um, a nice drinker. Yeah, I, I could see picking up a six-pack of this and being like, yeah, I got a brownie on the fridge. Back to your roots, man. That's true. That's true. Right, cut his teeth on Newcastle and Brooklyn. That's right. Those were my gateways. Okay. Let's do the victory. Victory. Victory has a beer called Headwaters Pale Ale. This is, uh, they call it American Pale Ale. The malts that are used are Pilsner and Vienna. The hops that are utilized are Citra and Simcoe. 5.2% alcohol by volume. So clearly phase two, and probably more on the fruity side with the Citra. More on the tangerine side than on the mm-hmm. resiny side. It has a very rumbunctious hop aroma. When I was pouring the bottle, it I almost caught a whiff of like skunking, mm. and I was worried about it. Now when I'm smelling it in the glass, it's a big Simcoe, right? Yeah, it's Lots Simcoe, of sulfur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of worried when I was first pouring it because I thought I smelled light struck skunk, but I don't smell it in the glass. But yeah, you get this big combination of. Um, Almost piney, but maybe a little more um, leafy greens. And then it does get that kind of orange citrus kick coming in the side there, too. What's the ABV on this one? Is this looks like a session? No. Okay. So, a little bit higher. Yeah, I would not call this sessionable. Look on the back here, just trying to see if there's any other information about here. They, they have, uh, they point out something about, there's an environmental thing about water. So if you care about that, that's on there. And uh, those are You can call for... it extra sessionable. Yes. Because it's just outside of being a, a session. <laughs> it's it's uh, two beers in a session. <laughs> it counts as two beers in one session. There you go. Yeah, the aroma's pretty straightforward with with those hopping. Um, I'm not getting too much along the way of malt. Maybe just a little bit in the aroma, kind of just to fill it out. Malt comes through in the flavor, though. It's, mm. it's actually a, a malt-forward pale ale. It smells like an IPA. It tastes more like a pale ale, right? The malt yes. is in the flavor to balance it out, and the hops aren't too aggressive and aren't too bitter, and uh, kind of a good balance on the flavor. Getting kind of a uh, late aftertaste. I'm getting this kind of curious, like wintergreen, like minty thing going. Yeah, on. I'm trying to figure out what, where the hops lie on on the spectrum because the hopping is is somewhat interesting. It's. Uh, It's definitely it definitely has some tangerine and grapefruit character to it, mm-hmm. but it's leading off in another direction with the with the Simcoe edition. Yeah, it's definitely splitting its time between two worlds. I'm looking for the date code on this bottle. I don't see it. That's what I was looking for too. It 
it kind of has I'm only saying this because I just recently made it uh, like a roasted endive kind of thing going okay um, which is a it, it's a it's a green thing but it, if you roast it it can be fairly sweet mm-hmm. and um, and but with like bitter sides to it too so it kind of it kind of fits sure yeah, I've had I've had like grilled endive or mm-hmm. whatnot before. So I don't know if I would have picked it out if I hadn't had it recently. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look for, uh, you know, endive Brussels sprouts. You know, I, I yeah. cut, you know, I kind of pan fry Brussels mm-hmm. sprouts. Um, I mean, I'm having a hard time finding it, but I mean, you just had it, so it, had, yeah, so it reinforced it, what you're looking for. It's or, probably partially also the sulfury notes that the Simcoe brings mm-hmm. in that brings out something like, you know. So you could also see, I mean, another thing that would be, I guess, sort of similar would be sort of grilled leeks. Right. This one's disappearing from my glass quite quickly. I guess that would define it as drinkable. And, and the reason I find it drinkable, I think, is because. As I'm getting used to it, the sweet malt and kind of the more juicy fruit mm-hmm. flavors from the hops are making this a, a yeah. And then the bitterness at the end keeps from getting too cloyingly sweet. I think this is well put together. I'm enjoying this one as well too. If you're wondering why, because I'm thinking about uh, out there about people who are listening to this, why would I want to drink a a, a beer that tastes like endive or taste <laughs> and well, for, number one, I'm not saying to taste like endive. I'm saying that I can taste qualities in it. But number two, mm-hmm. with the amount of interesting hop, hopping and malting that that brewers can do these days, uh, I kind of appreciate that they don't all taste like tangerine or grapefruit mm-hmm. bombs or right. resin uh, bombs. And you know, this is this is doing something a little bit different. Uh, not you know super different, but certainly different enough that there's interesting things to happen and it's it's as jeff is saying it's plenty drinkable so i wouldn't like take that we're getting some green out of this as a negative no absolutely i think it's somewhat a contrast right you Mm -hmm. know we're we're kind of talking about the things that are noteworthy beyond the flavors you get every day in a pale ale or ipa maybe we did it for this beer maybe we went a little too far into the uh, outfield yes um so let's try to bring it back to the mm-hmm. diamond next time just a long strike <laughs> where do we go next let's do this. you want to do something hoppy again um the is... next three beers are two saisons and a goza okay <laughs> all right all right let's do the pettigrove's chance Right, so if you were lucky enough to come to Saver 2016, or you happen to be at uh, the Deschutes uh, Brewery when they had it uh, exclusively on the pub line, then you were able to get a taste of this. This is, uh, we have the bottle from Saver. 7.6% alcohol by volume, 29 IBU. This is a collaboration between Allagash and Deschutes. Pilsner and pale malt. So for this one, they used like local malt and local ingredients. So they used uh, I don't know if the if what you have has the information, but I they did the uh, Saber Salon. So the shoots is in Portland, right? The shoots is in Oregon. They're in Oregon. Are they Bend near near. Yeah, they're in Bend, but right. close enough to Portland. The reason why is because Allegash is in Portland, Maine. So it, right. Portland, and that's Oregon. where the name comes from, because there was a dude named Pettigrove, mm-hmm. and he was naming Portland, Oregon, and there was another dude who wanted to name it Boston, Oregon, and they flipped a coin, and Pettigrove won, so he named it Portland. Mm. Ah, I didn't know that. All from a coin flip. Yep. So, made with hops and grain from Oregon and Maine. So, yeah, if I remember right, they used some Maine malt... They used some Oregon malt, Oregon hops, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, with, you know, these small artisanal malt places. Um, the Deschutes brewer, I forget her name, but she was talking about when she was pricing the malt, she was worried that, you know, uh, Rob Todd from Allagash would be like, no way. Because it's like, I think she said it was at least 5x 
the malt cost that mm-hmm. you know a normal brew is because they're using the the locally produced malt. I I didn't mention it. I didn't, I didn't read it, but as soon as I smelled it, I looked and there it was farmhouse yeast. Uh, so clearly there's some saisonish and and very peppery stuff going on here. There's some phenols. I mean, I'm smelling circus peanuts. I mean, that's like the big estery thing I'm getting on the nose. I I just don't have enough experience with circus peanuts that that's really like burned into my mind because I I really can't bring up that. Okay. So you know, it's um the banana part of right. Hefeweizen. You know, banana plus malt. You know, imagine what's the texture like of a circus peanut? Kind of like a hard marshmallow. Hmm. If you figure they'd be softer. No, I mean they're not. They're not like. They're not hard that they crack when you bite them, but they're not like think of a stale marshmallow. That's kind okay, of the thing. okay, lovely. <laughs> Need to buy Greg some circus peanuts. Mm. Maybe they they probably come in different flavors now. <laughs> one of the uh, local breweries, the one not not very well respected local breweries, did a circus peanut beer where he put circus peanuts in the mash, and then he served it with a circus peanut on the rim of the glass. <laughs> Was it any good? I didn't have it. It might have been amazing. I'm guessing it wasn't, but it might have been amazing. I mean, it feels like, you know, okay, you're extracting flavors. I can see that. But you're extracting flavors out of a chemically created it's flavor. It's just so. like using um, cocoa or uh, chocula yeah, in the mash you right. know, when they do those kinds of things. Yeah, as I'm smelling it, I'm not noticing the banana peanut. You know, banana circus peanut aroma as much. I'm getting more of a, a peppery or Pepper, straw-like saison yeah. um, type smell. Mm. <laughs> really nice, nice and kind of clovey, uh, but not not full-on clove. Um, uh, good peppery notes. Big carbonation on it, right? Yes. It's really highly carbonated. I think it really makes the beer zing and kind of washes any kind of um, lingering uh, bitterness and, well, much much flavor off your tongue pretty quickly. <laughs> this is the kind of spice beer I really enjoy, right? I mean, it's not, <laughs> not really spice so much, but it... Right. Um, it brings out a lot of those interesting qualities of spices without really getting overwhelming in them, uh, which is, I think, almost all of this comes from the yeast, if not all of, of it. And the under the underlying malt is is really nicely sort of grassy and a little, just a little bit on the French toast side, just a tad. I'm getting a really big lemony tang on this. I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out exactly what that's coming from. I'm guessing it's mostly from yeast byproduct, but it's so potent that it. I'm not. I do not think they added any kind of fruit yeah, juice to not, this, it's, but it's so potent that it seems like it. And it's not quite sour. It's, it's like I said, it's tang more mm-hmm. than it's sour. Yeah, uh, and it's it, it it's vaguely lemony. Could Under, also could also qualify as orangey. So there's those lemon drop hops. Right. I've had mixed results from beers that I've had with those. Mm-hmm. I don't know what hops they use in this one, but it would live up to the name finally if it, they used lemon drop in this. Of course, I mean, like you said, they used you know very expensive malts. Maybe there's just some interesting dynamics that come with the. Oh, here on the back they have some more information. So they used uh, Pilsner malts from Mecca Great Estate Malt in Madras, Oregon. And pale two-row malts from Buck Farms in Mapleton, Maine. It is hopped with Crystal Cascade Sterling from Oregon and fermented with farmhouse yeast strain for a sparkling and delicately malt-flavored beer. It's really good. So Crystal is the main hop. Mm. Crystal. I'll look up Crystal. 
Because that's not one we've seen a lot of. No. I mean, I, we've had it here and there, but never is the first one in the list either. Uh, wow. So 1983 was when it was bred. It's an aroma hop. Um, Tri-pulled cultivar from Hotel Middlefra Cascade Brewers Gold and Early Green. <laughs> wow. Okay. So... It's a hop orgy, man. Yeah. Okay, that says it all. Earthy and herbal. What are the other hops? Uh, Cascade, Cascade and uh, uh, Golding. Golding. Or no, uh, Sterling. 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 Sterling and Golding are kind of similar because they're, they're noble-ish. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. This is good. This mm-hmm. is... Um, I love the peppery notes. Yeah. It... I, it the, the carbonation wipes off all the esters and phenols. It's so flavorful. Mm-hmm. And it's so spice... Spice forward that you could see how it could get overwhelming as you drink it. But this super high carbonation scrubs that off your tongue each time. So you're coming back fresh with every sip. So that works out really well in this beer. That was Pettigrove's Chance. That was the Saver beer this year between Deschutes and Allagash. Okay. You go straight into the other season? Let's, uh, let's Goza first. You want to Goza somewhere? This is from Trogues. Trogues has their Scratch Beer series where they sort of just make like uh, small batches of stuff and they, they release to they do small releases as well. Most of the scratches are draft only, mm-hmm. but they do bottle some of them. This is their Goza at uh, number 235 is the number of the scratch. 4.5% alcohol volume. The malts that are used are Pilsner, Vienna, and Wheat. Vienna in there, that's interesting. Uh, hops tradition, so I'm going to guess some sort of noble hopping, uh, and not much in that case. Uh, and they use the uh, Dreamweaver yeast there, Dreamweaver. It says here, they have a little story, it all started with a six-gallon ca- six pot, a beat-the-crap stove, and a burning desire. Today we brew our scratch beers on our custom small batch brew house with the same aspiration. So, talking about kind of their home brewing mm-hmm. days uh, and... You know, that the scratches allows them to scratch their itches, right? I think that's kind of where the name comes from. So 4.5% alcohol by volume, 10 IBU, and they include as well as salt, coriander, and orange peel. And you said they use the dream, Dreamweaver yeast. Dreamweaver yeast, yes. So if you ever had Trogue's Dreamweaver... Oh, dream, <laughs> which is their wheat beer. They do say on Dreamweaver they say they do an open top fermentation. Yeah, they have open fermenters for yeah. for that one. So they let a little bit of. No, it's it's in a clean room. It's oh, okay. So they just, just the way they do that is it's a, it's like a, a negative pressure or positive pressure room, oh, okay. clean room. So like. It, it's clean. Yeah. They just, people do open fermentations because they feel the yeast behave differently. They develop a better flavor profile. I see. When they're not cooped in a unity tank. Um, Keller Weiss from Sierra Nevada's open top, open fermentation. Uh, you know, I've, there's a bunch that do that, but mm-hmm. it's not because there's microflora mm-hmm. landing in the yeast. It's a pretty clean place. I was gonna say I've never really had one that felt like off, which you could, which can happen if you do that in a. In a hey, you don't want to do it in your basement. Yeah, yeah. But it can lead to some some wonderful discoveries at the same time. You just gotta not do major batches because you can ruin a huge batch if you do it that way. Blend blending mm. is the key. All right, the aroma on this guy on the goza. Smells tangy. It took a little bit for whatever kind of um, 
goza lactic stuff to to come off it because okay. when it, when I first smelled it, it was kind of kind it, of clean. Like, I don't know if or, clean is the right word, but kind okay. of um, kind of dank in a way that went away. So like oh, it volatilized okay. away. Oh okay, it was like cheesy or yeah yeah. Yeah, so like I'm what I think I'm smelling. You know, I'm smelling some kind of tartness. It's not it's a touch yogurty for me, but not so much. Uh, it's almost like a lime zest aroma. Well, those have uh, orange and, peel, so... Right. Yeah, I know there was peel in it, but, you know, what I'm actually smelling and trying not to take suggestions from mm-hmm. from the marketing speak and the descriptions, but I'm smelling kind of like a lime zest. And for me, like, the malt rum is kind of a, a wheat, grassy, uh, type, crisp type smell. They have a little raised thing on the bottle where it says, handcrafted by the Trogues Brothers. Oh, fancy... Embossed bottles, trogues, huh? Getting big for your britches. They have their new logo, which looks like a guitar pick. I like the logo, yeah. Just a... Oh, you're ordering custom bottles now, are you? (laughs) Yeah, because it's a little thinner than than Stan. I mean, it's the neck. It's the neck that... It has a low shoulder, yeah. Yeah. Well... Go to cans, man. <laughs> they do can. That's true. But... Okay, so the flavor on this one. It, it's, it, it's a goza. It is. I mean, as I'm drinking it, though, it, it kind of has a... Probably a little more orange up front. Like yeah, I'm, th- it's, it's I'm actually thinking creamsicle a little bit. I don't get that. No? It has like a fuller mouthfeel than... Than you know, a lot of gozas, so that's why I'm getting a creamy type suggestion. The salt and uh, and whatever whiff of coriander I'm getting remove creamsicle as an option okay. from my tongue. Uh, because when, when I try to consider it, it's like it just says <laughs> nope, eh, nope, nope, wrong, nope. Uh, it's like creamsicle. I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying to find. I had, a, I had a good sound for that, and I'm, oh, you're muted here. Yeah, huh? it's Sorry. a creamsicle. <laughs> no, it's a little too loud. <laughs> so, what do you think? I'm trying to figure out. Like, towards the end, it kind of gets. I tell you what I think. It it tastes like uh, a brewery's sort of test at sort of a first attempt at making a goza, and because yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, I think they're... and it's yeah, it, it's it's not perfected. It, it it's kind of ordinary goza wise, uh, and it would need some uh, it needs some work. It needs some tuning if they wanted to release you know go crazy with this it seems like it might be a little muddy or washed out towards the finish yeah there's that there's that it's um i think that the orange is actually uh taking away from some of the more interesting aspects of the goza that would come out uh in the same and i think that the coriander might be um it's it's pretty subtle in here but I do think that it's 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 having some effect that i think might might bring it down i think just i i would say Go with the standard salt stuff. See what you get. Wheat, kettle salt, kettle right. sour, salt mm-hmm. it. And, and then play try- around, yeah. I'm not sure Dreamweaver yeast is, is the perfect yeast to ferment it either. I'm not getting, tasting anything off from the yeast. I think it's what's smoothing out the end so much where it kind of seems muddy, right? I think that's what the yeast is doing. Yeah, I mean, if you're not making a goza, it's what they had around, right? So I can sort of see that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd I'd play more with with the basics before going into throwing adjuncts in here. But it's a scratch series, so I kind of appreciate that they're just like, here. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It was good enough. I mean, Mm -hmm. like I poured it out. Yeah. You know, being pretty picky, you know, 
any good goza or better mm-hmm. is a pretty good beer, pretty drinkable beer. Also, four point five. Come on, guys, you can do better. <laughs> get, get it to four. <laughs> Space rock. Space rocks. This is from Shorts. Recently, actually, not quite so as recently. Within within the past uh, four months. Four months. So yeah, sort of recently. Uh, arrived in Pittsburgh. We haven't gotten their their entire lineup, or at least their entire like crazy stuff. That Crafted to remove gluten, huh? Interesting. I didn't know that. This is Space Rock from Shorts. This is their flagship beer. Uh, 6.15, 6.15% alcohol volume. 72 IBU. All Space Rock packaged on or after August 1st, 2015 is, pr- is proven to be gluten removed. So I guess they use uh, so they use one of those processes to remove gluten as opposed to... There's, I actually have, from the Homebrewers Conference, it's probably no good anymore because it's yeah. like three years old, but the Homebrewers Conference, uh, there's a little white yeast or white labs or someone was gave this little packet of, I forget what it was called, but it was something that would remove gluten, cause it to precipitate out, right. I guess. So you just put it in the fermenter and... You'd come out with a gluten-reduced, gluten-removed beer. Which, I mean, it makes sense you could do that because gluten is basically a protein that forms a net. Uh, and it's what, you know, it's what keeps bread uh, stable mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you can... It's a protein or a protein or a combination of proteins. It's one of the two. Uh, and... Uh, that... There is celiac disease where people have gluten sensitivity, and there's recently been a health craze around gluten, which may or may not have validity. And based on what I'm reading these days, sorry if I'm offending anyone, but it leans towards the not having validity. But people follow fads, as we see with Pokemon Go. So, I wonder if there's any Pokemon in here. <laughs> probably, I'm sure there are. There always are Pokemon everywhere. So this is a Space Rock Shorts Brewery, 6.15. They don't give me information about the hops that are used. But uh, they say hot with some tasty little nuggets of alien technology on the label. Hmm. All right. Okay. Hazy golden. Yep. Light wispy head on the thing. Aroma's a mix of kind of a earthy hop and the malt, which has kind of, I guess, straw type character to it. Definitely getting a centennial vibe. And a cascade as well. But something else, maybe an amarillo? Well, that's a bitter little son of a gun, isn't it? You sure are right. That is not bright in terms of its hoppiness. It's much more bitter. It's much more just kind of giving you a little bit of <laughs> almost like a zots like hopping. Almost like a whole lot of zots. Mm. And so you get a lot of bitterness with it. It's almost like I don't know what it's almost like. It, it's grapefruit pith, right? It's yeah, yeah. getting tons and tons mm-hmm. of pith. I was almost remember how you pulled the egginess out last week. Yeah. I, I almost pulled it out, but maybe not. Maybe something just very, just kind of hinting at it. There's this is different. This is definitely different than uh, this is not your typical phase one or phase two IPA. Or pale ale. This is there's not very much body from the hop, from the malt. No, it, the, it's, the malt is kind of lost. The I malt. wonder if removing gluten removes body. 
Well, according to their description, only the slightest greeny malt qualities are detectable. So it's what they're oh, going okay. for. Okay, it's what they're going for. Yeah, it kind of has that grainy, gritty session IPA type taste to mm-hmm. it. The hops are all over the the palate. Pretty bitter. Um, I would say aggressive. It's kind of raking the tongue a little bit. Yeah. But not, it is not a lingering, like, tongue-lashing bitterness. It's not, say, an arrogant bastard-type lingering bitterness. It's, no, it's, it, yeah, you're, you're right. It doesn't linger. It's, um, it's kind of an interesting, interesting drinker, I think, because it, uh, it would go great with potato chips. Beer is uh, four months and one day old. That's fine. I mean, you prefer your your hoppy beers be within a three month window, but mm-hmm. I'd say a, a, a month or so isn't that much out. Yeah, it may it may have lost some of the citrus character, if anything. Maybe not. You know, I got that case of super fresh headhunter. I was mm-hmm. drinking some the other day, and I'm like, I, it's like, even though I've had like a whole case of it, I, like I, the other day I was like, oh my god, that beer is amazing. Still, yeah, like it still impresses me every time I drink one. But it's, I mean, that, it's it, it's had time to fade now. Yeah, it's it's uh, twenty days old now. <laughs> I've I've seen headhunter with yeah. that. I've actually bought Headhunter with that uh, on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And it was not as hoppy as the day we got it, which okay. was three days afterwards. So, I mean, Headhunter... Head I think a- they've been working... I mean, I'm sure that they've been working on it. I heard... I was talking with... I forget who I was talking with. But someone was talking about how they were talking with Fat It's Geoff. And, no, no, no. I mean, oh. like, the, the beer that we had, uh-huh. I've had beers that were from the same oh. day. Oh. But a week later... Oh, okay. Or two weeks later, and it wasn't as happy as the one. I don't know. I had one the other just two days ago, and I was like, again, I was just like flabbergasted with it. It was like, I mean, it's, it's, it's so a happy good? beer, but that that day was special. That yeah. three day old. But was I was like, how is this so good? <laughs> it's an amazing thing. It is one of the uh, one of the true great phase twos. Yeah, this is just a bunch of hops and. Gluten removed beer. It's I'm not finding anything real remarkable here. Space rock sold on tap may contain trace amounts of gluten from beer poured previously. Trace amounts. Huh. All right. Well, one less beer. And then the Thursday night show will be in the books. Dogfish Head has a beer called the Beer de Provence Saison. Provence Saison? <laughs> beer de Provence Saison. Uh, 8.3% alcohol volume, 30 IBUs, a limited release. Uh, was originally released in May, so. Maybe you'll be able to find it. It was in the it was on the shelf turds area of Giant Eagle when I got <laughs> it, so we'll see. Oh, there's all kinds of things in here, huh? Oh yeah. Two row wheat and duh, the two row wheat and rye malts. Whoa, Jerry Low hops. Okay. Jerry Jerry Curl? Jerry Curl hops. J A R R Y L O. Which is, uh, let me look at this up. Uh, well, he's looking up the hops. It also has lavender, majorum, and bay leaves. I think this is probably the first time I've ever had majorum put lavender, in a beer. Lavender, bay leaf, majorum, uh, chervil. What? Yeah. What's that? Chervil is, I've heard of it before. Chervil is a, uh, 
It's sort of similar to parsley. Okay. Um. Anyway, we were at Jeril, which is named after the Slavic god of fertility and springtime. Oh, of course. Uh, Banana pear spice aroma. Parentage is from Summit and a beer called 88, or a hop called 88J75-2. I love that guy. Which came from Summit and G7. And Summit came from 88J9912 and 88J9926. So, (laughs) for those who are keeping track. (laughs) The hop family tree. Actually, there's a poster. We should make that poster. We can be rich. Oh, yes. Right next to the bureaucratic table of elements, we could have the Hop family tree. Done. One of our many get-rich-quick schemes that, that, we give away, that we give away for free before we finish the thought. Yeah, that never seemed to work out anyway. Spicy Saison. Mm-hmm. Tons of spice. I don't know if just because I'm staring at the dogfish label here, but when I first smelled it, I thought Saison Dubuff, right? Which is the one that had the sage... What was in Saison Dubuff? It was sage and some other herb. I can't think of right now. Yeah, that was a three-way collaboration between Stone, Dogfish, and Victory. Yeah. They put out several times. This is an interesting quote from from Sam. Uh, Sam Cladjoni. Make sure you read it like Sam. Spit a lot into the microphone. Overmodulate. Okay. We are proud to release this culinary ingredient-infused beer on the 500th anniversary of the Rheinheitz Geboot, said Dogfish Head Founder and President Sam Colangelo. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. We have always believed this law is nothing more than a relatively modern form of art censorship. We kid because we love. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sam's a great guy. He's just a bitch to record. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think? I smell spices, herbs. uh, Mostly herbs, I guess. I do smell bananas. Oh, it's a... um... Golden, very, very clear. Yeah, it must be filtered if it's mm-hmm. that clear. Or at least centrifuged or something, so there's not much sediment in the bottle. When I drank it, the, the thing I noticed most, like around this, oh, sorry, around this whole haze of, of herbalness, is they kind of had a straight up, um, like, Trappist. Gold or like Belgian golden type flavor. Yeah, like that's I, what was I was tasting thinking. something that reminded me of Chimay mm-hmm. or um, or Trois uh, from Unibrew or something like that's that. That's sort of exactly what I was thinking. Was a a, a nice Belgian golden because it has that sort of syrupy quality uh, that you might get with mm-hmm. uh, with the Belgian candy sugar. Eight point three percent thirty IBUs. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but um, you know it tastes it, but it, it's but. The flavoring, all this stuff is still, I mean, nice and subtle. It's sweet. Uh, the the flowery stuff comes through. A little bit of this phenolic stuff comes through. But it's 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 actually a really nice uh, drinker. Yeah, when you're smelling it, you're worried about a glass full of potpourri. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flavors are much more attenuated. You don't have this whole big fl- mouthful of flowers problem that I thought I was going to have from smelling it. Absolutely. It's... It, it it's nice. It, I would say that if if anything, um, it's a little uh, it's, it's it's a little thick on the mouthfeel. That 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 leads to some of the more herby parts sticking around, mm-hmm. but that's kind of my only you know if I was trying to pick out flaws. Right. Imagine this beer packaged with the carbonation level of the Pettigrove's Chance. Right, where if they, that would wipe out some it of would the, wipe out a yeah. lot of the mm-hmm. re, the herbal linger, and I think that would help. But I do enjoy the beer. I think it's very good. <coughs> I 
All right. Well, that is six beers. Yes, and we um, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, since we forgot to oh. do the commercial. Yeah. Don't start the music. Just craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Amazon. All right, so let's rank. And rank we shall. Do you want to go first? All right, I'll go first. You uh, You type it. Okay, how am I going to do this? So, in last place, I am going to put the Trogues. I think we, you know, I think I kind of went over it during the show. It's just, it's, you know, as a scratch beer, it's fine. But uh, for other purposes, you know, if they were actually going to make a Goza, a, a, a regular offering, I would want them to do more work on it. Because I just feel like uh, it was not. Um, Jeff is looking around. Not exactly, not not perfect for a goes. It felt it, it felt off. Number okay. I'm gonna put the shorts next. I think it was nice and drinkable for a, a really hoppy, uh, <laughs> really bitter burning through a beer, but. Uh, I do appreciate a beer that gives me more than just bitterness and uh, and and gluten freeness. Uh, so that's gonna go there. Then I'm gonna go. Let's see. Put the victory next. Uh, Headwaters. I I like what it was doing. I like the the interesting hop stuff that I was getting out of it. The weird kind of leaks and 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 uh, other things that uh, we tasted, and somebody else might be like, "What? What are you guys tasting?" Right. Like, That's what we tasted, or at least what I tasted, and what Jeff sort of agreed with me on, kind of, sorta. Uh, next, Alesmith Nut Brown, really nice Nut Brown, especially once you let it let it warm up a bit. Uh, then it starts to to express itself and give off uh, some interesting flavors and all the good stuff that you like. Going to put this dogfish head in second place. Beer de Provence saison. I I like it a lot. And the only complaints I have are kind of nitpicks, and I think it really does a good job. Um, but it's not as good as say like Namaste, which I had recently, which was just as awesome as I remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this Pettigrove uh, Pettigrove Chance gets a number one. I really enjoyed. The spicing that was coming through, I really enjoyed the pepperiness, and uh, I, I just like that beer a lot. All right, so from, I'm going to put the shorts in last place. I, I didn't, I, I didn't care for it very much. I mean, it didn't taste bad. Mm-hmm. I just I thought the hops were a mess, and the malt was just barely there. I just didn't think that worked out so well. You mentioned, I think you mentioned that that was their flagship. Yes. Yikes. Okay. Whatever, man. <laughs> Takes all kinds. In fifth place, now I gotta remember what I preloaded in Craig's things. I think I put. Oh, uh, did okay. Right, right. The yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, the trogues. I, I thought it was decent. I, I I think it needs a little more work to be. Re- up there with some of the really good gozas that we've had recently. It's a lot of work to be up there with the good gozas we have. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, but it it's it's it wasn't hard, bad. We drank it. It's the hard luck threshold yeah. on on this show for me, right? I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to complain about a decent goza, and it was a decent goza. You know, there wasn't anything wrong with it. It, but you know, up against this competition, there were things I like better. I'm going to put the dogfish in that makes that fourth place. While the flavor wasn't a mouthful of flowers, I thought that it was still pretty, you know, still leaning that way. I didn't think it, it finished as clean as it could have. I would have liked to see that with a higher uh, level of carbonation. That makes third place the Headwaters. The um, I like this beer a lot. I thought it was really drinkable. Uh, almost sessionable. You know, I think they're kind of going that way with that level of malt mm-hmm. in it. And the combination of hops were pretty interesting. I like that beer. That's that's a beer you should check out if you haven't had it. You know, it's it's pretty available. Don't don't let it be a shelf herd. Check it out. Number two, 
Number two, I feel, was like probably the biggest loser because I really liked the Nut Brown Ale from Ale Smith. I thought that was a quality beer. I need more brown ales in my life, and they look like the one from Ale Smith. That was a good beer. But the Petty Grove's Chance from the Shoots and Avery, that thing was really, really good. There was nothing that I really have to... It was exactly what I wanted in the whole thing. You know, It was... It had that lemon flavor throughout. It had the spiciness. It had maybe the circus peanut nose right up the front was the only thing that was kind of like, okay, that's a little too much circus peanuts. But other, once that went away, that beer was really good. It's probably one of the best savor beers I can think of. There's been some good ones. There's been some good ones. I mean, they, when they started, it was it was hit or miss. But well, so you had savor flowers. And then you had... I liked Saber Flowers a lot. Wasn't this the good? No, it wasn't this good. Right. And then you had the um, the Brett beer from Sierra Nevada and someone. I don't think that was very good. Then you had... So the, dog, or the Flying Dog one was pretty good. Right. The Flying Dog and... Oh, Firestone Walker. Mm-hmm. Then you had the Philadelphia... You had the Clipper City and Yards one, which was not good mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And well, that, I think that's it, right? The, that's five. I think they've only had five. So I mean, this only is five. They've been there've been eight savers. The first they didn't have beers for the first couple, right? So yeah, I think that's, this is hands down better than this, this is better than all those. But Saver Flowers was interesting, yeah, because of the rose water, but it wasn't this good. No, no, but I, I did like Saver Flowers a lot, uh, especially at the time. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. So I mean, uh, this beer is awesome. This beer is great. You should have went to Saver and should have got a bottle. What? I said, whoever's listening should have went to Saver and got a bottle. Yeah, what is your problem, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Appreciate that you take the time to listen to the show. If you want to contact us, hit us up on Twitter. Just say yo on Twitter. We want to see a bunch of yos this week. We should get the yo app. And, uh, yeah. Probably not good, Make people install an app. Nah. Just just say yo at Craft Beer Radio. Yo. Let us know that you're alive and healthy and kicking. Yeah. That's all I want. I know it's hot out there. It's it's summer. If you don't or have, it's winter for our if you don't have Twitter, you can go on the email and send an email to beer at craftbeerradio.com and say yo. If you don't have Twitter? What is this? Some kind of weird, like North Korean land? Where you're some not people might not want to install a Twitter app if they're like all into Google Plus. Like, say their entire right, social yeah. media is Google Plus. It's called Google Plus, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think so. I've seen it once. <laughs> um, all the all of the new uh, social media is going to be built around. VR Pokemon Go stuff, so yeah. We'll talk about Pokemon Go in the post show. We certainly will. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs>